Hello and welcome again to another of the Gospel Rescue Mission podcasts. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us today. I am once again in the studios with the Executive Director, Ken Emilio. And um, I am, my name is Brian Boteller. I am the Director of Resident Services for the Gospel Rescue Mission. We deal with, on our podcasts, a lot of times questions that we get commonly from the public, uh, people in church, people we run across in other, in other organizations. Today, one of, the, one of those questions that we want to deal with is, why do you guys make everybody go to chapel twice a day, six days a week? What's, what's that all about? Are, are you guys just trying to force Christianity on everybody and cram it down their throats? What's your thinking? Ken, if I'm somebody in your congregation asking you that question, besides punching me in the nose or whatever, what, what would you, how would you respond to that for me? It's one of those questions that, that people really get worked up about. I'm really surprised how, how strong they are about it. It's a tradition that goes back literally hundreds of years in terms of, of missions and, and Christian fellowship. Uh, there was usually a prayer with a meal. There was usually a, a message with a meal. But uh, you were going to look like you were going to say. Well, something. I, I was. I was just going to say. You know, it's it's funny because a lot of times the again the biggest kickback I get from it. I get more kickback from it among Christians yes. than I do among non Christians. I I get the I get the 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 scoundrel glance occasionally from from people who are from non Christians who who look at me and roll their eyes and go, okay, yeah, you're just trying to jam Christianity down our throats, but. Among the Christian community, I'm always surprised at, at why this sounds so shocking that I would have people come in and, and be exposed to Bible teaching twice a day, the beginning of the day, the end of the day. What's the, what's the process in that? Am I just trying to force conversions here, Ken? I mean, what's, what's going on? What am I doing? Well, <laughs> right. Uh, it, uh... Put it in a way that that I think a lot of people can understand is understand that we deal with 100 to 150 people every day, 24 hours a day. Many of them, if not most of them, are mavericks. They live alone. They have isolated in their lives. And part of their dysfunction and part of the reasons they're homeless is because they've isolated. Right. And so I, my, my answer to many Christians is, Give me a few minutes and let me explain to you what there is that's very good about an individual who's homeless coming in and sitting in a chapel with 50 to 60 people that they don't know and they don't trust. Right, right. And what kind of positive benefits are there in that? You think there's, there's a benefit to, I mean, we talk about, you know, what's the, what's the positive benefit to that maverick? Well, one is real simple in that it's, it's important for people, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, to learn to be able to listen to somebody that they disagree with absolutely, without melting down, to be able to sit and give and, and respectfully give them audience for a period of time without melting down. I remember in school... I went to public schools. I was a Christian, but when they teach about evolution, when they teach about when they teach about things uh, about a Darwinian pro- approach to the universe, I go home and complain. and And the pastors in my church would say, "Be polite." 
Be polite and listen. You don't hear, hear the out pastors. what they say. You don't hear the pastors calling up to school and saying, why are you ramming this down my child's throat? Well, you know, they, they do maybe, but not probably not often enough. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, what you, but what you don't hear is the, the thing that happens that this behind closed doors is the pastor telling that young student saying, hey, listen. Be respectful. Yeah. Listen to them. Consider it. You know, think about what they're saying, and then bring it. And we'll sit and talk about it between you and I. And we'll talk about it this mm-hmm. this way. And I'll commit to walking with you on it. You know, when when a non Christian comes in here and says, "Why should I listen? Why should I be forced to listen to somebody talk about the Bible for forty five minutes, half an hour to forty five minutes, twice a day?" I'm I go. Well, you could talk about all kinds of things. And and you can if you're having a conversation with somebody else, they're bound to say things that you disagree with along the sure. way. What what's wrong in hearing about the Bible in, yeah. in that thing? It's it's the it is arguably the foundation of Western civilization. We probably ought to know something about and it. And the whole idea of saying when people say the Bible, most people don't read the Bible. Um, and so they don't really know what's being taught. Right. On Saturday mornings, for example, we're doing a course in basically what's called biblical economics, wherein we teach the idea of standards. And sure, we get it out of the Bible, but the Bible in, in Psalms and, and in Proverbs, it talks about how God abhors a, a, an illegal or a, or a dishonest balance, that it's a an false weight. Of a false weight. Sure. And so we get into the concept of standards. The idea of ethical standards ethical responsibility to in one case love god but the other case just to love others right. the bible's ethical position is you're right brian when you say it's the bound foundation of not just western civilization but the entire human race for sure we hold to the belief that god has hardwired ethics into us yeah. so that if i give you an apple today and you're hungry Tomorrow you have two apples, I and I'm hungry. I expect that you would want to give me that apple back. Other right. times I scream injustice. Where does that come from? Right. And what we try to teach to the people who are at the mission is search yourself and your ethics. How do you deal with difficulty in your lives? How do you deal with injustice? How do you deal with uh, uh, false accusation? The very things that caused you to isolate. Economics ethics, uh, morality, immorality, every bit of that is foundational to biblical teaching. That's right. And so why would I not? I mean, have, I, I have, there's no matter, a lot of people say, well, I had to go to court and the court ordered me to have an anger management class. Right. And my answer to that is, hey, that's really great. Do you think it should be mandatory that they go to an anger management class? Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the greatest anger management class going is the ethics that are taught in the Bible. For sure. And and the the idea that, you know, they're these people are so they're coming from such a broken spot in society that sometimes just being reminded of what a healthy and wholesome society looks like, so that even if they reject the Christ of Christianity and all of those things. Yep. They should at least want to have Christians in their circle of friends and understand that it's a good idea to have that happen. Most Why? Because Christians work on things like sobriety. Christians deal with things like being honest and just and fair, not stealing, not lying, and all those kinds of things. And don't we all want friends like that? Yeah. 
a lot of what the of what the residents face on a day to day basis when they when they leave here is they go get a job. Well, what are the ethics of of employment? What how do you how should you work for your boss? How should your boss work for you? And the Bible is filled with things about how employers should treat employees, how employees should treat their employers. That whole paradigm, that whole example of a moral relationship between people is what we teach at the mission. For sure. And so the fact that we say you must or we make it mandatory that you come to a class and you spend two hours a day learning this stuff is, is from our perspective, if you really give it some thought, is preparation for them getting back their lives for sure and we and we ask and demand other things that if they if they understood that it was a demand they'd probably think it was far more petty such as I expect you to eat at the same time every day. Every day. At the same time. You're going to eat breakfast at the same time, lunch at the same time, dinner at the same time. You're not going to just go about it randomly. You're going to go to bed at the same time, and you're going to get up the same the time. The very idea that... Every day. And it's mandatory. The I make it happen. We're making people have structure in their lives. Right. So when they get up in the morning, okay, I don't have you going to college, or I don't have you going to school, because this isn't a college and this is a school. But we do have classes. Sure. And so the classes, okay, you want to call them chapels? You call them chapels. But by the same token, we impose strict structure on people who fell out of society because they lost structure. And for those people who are critical, most of, the, of what we do here, most of them, if you actually watch them in their day, they're structured. Healthy people That's right. are structured. That's right. And, you know, it's funny because I often get the kickback, um, yeah, but I'm not a Christian, so why do I have to go? And and I go, well, you don't. I mean, but you're here in a Christian organization. And, and it should be important that you understand that what drives a Christian to do the things that they do. So when I say you don't, well, you don't have to be here. But you're not getting help from the agnostic rescue mission. Mm-hmm. You're not getting help from a Buddhist rescue mission or a Muslim rescue mission or atheist rescue mission. And and when I go and when they, they tell me, yeah, but I'm Native American, go to that rescue mission. And they go, there isn't one. Okay. Okay. Well, when there is one, go there. But for today, you're here supported, your entire existence is supported by Christians and Christianity. And it's, it is, is supported by a group of people who see it as an act of worship. It's how they worship God. It, it, it's, they worship God by helping other people. They worship God by the way that they perform their work during their day. They worship God by all kinds of these things. And it's incorporated into that. And no wonder then that everywhere you go across the country, there are gospel rescue missions. And so if you want help from a gospel rescue mission, all we're asking is that you give us a fair, thorough listening. Instead of blowing us off by saying, oh yeah, I've read the Bible thousands of times, which really means I read Genesis twice and I fell asleep when it got to numbers, pretty yeah. much. When you know, I read Genesis, Exodus, maybe Leviticus. When it started getting all hellfiery, I decided to forget it and, and fell asleep. You know, instead we go get exposure to what the Bible says. Then if you if you want to reject it, that's okay. Just do so politely with us and everything. But and we're open to you know engaging you with ideas and concepts. But here's what we won't do: we won't steer you in a wrong direction. 
Show me where a Christian is steering you in the wrong direction on the things that got you in here, whether it's your, you know, your addictions, your, your, your struggles, your relationship struggles, the way you, you dealt with your friends, family, uh, you know, children, parents, whatever, your, your work ethic, all that stuff. We, there's no law against anything that we do in, those, in that regard. And everybody pretty much would say, yeah, I agree with that. And so I go, great, then what's the problem? So the idea of, of, of working things through, learning how to work with other people, learning how to meet with other people, that's a skill set. Sure. To be able to sit in a room and not fidget or to listen to a room every, in a room every day. Right. I always ask the question, or I try to ask the question a lot, is how many people here want to go to school? Inevitably, almost every hand is raised. And my statement to them is, what do you think you do when you go to school? You sit in a chair listening to some teacher teach. And instead of two hours a day, you're there eight hours a day or six hours a day. Right. Do you think that's a skill set? Because I know what it was like when I had to go back to school. Yeah. It drove me nuts to sit in that chair. Yeah. And, and to, it was very hard to do it. Well, that's a skill set that we're teaching here. Right. It's a, it's, it's a skill set of, of patience it's a skill set of relaxing and, and being among other people, of forming a community and not isolating. Isolation by a guy who has an addiction or a gal who has an addiction is tantamount to death. And yeah. we won't let them do that here. That's We're right. not going to have a situation where we see someone off in a corner. We're going to engage that person. Mm-hmm. We're going to challenge that person. And in some cases, they can't handle that. But the ones who really respond well are the ones that we engage with. And the mission isn't just about three hots and a cod. This, right. At least the mission at Gospel Rescue Mission. The Gospel Rescue Mission of Grants Pass is, as we both agree, is unique in the way we do that. One thing I do want to bring up that's, that's become a major issue for us is when people have been very critical, Is yes, it's been Christians, but more and more I'm seeing uh, agencies that are basically turning their backs on faith-based organizations because it's politically correct in their minds to do so. So over the course of the last two years, uh, we've been seeing funding get cut by organizations like the Oregon Community Foundation and some of the others who've had their boards switch to more secular organization, more secular membership. And they've kind of turned their back on faith-based organizations that have mandatory chapels. So the mission has seen financial losses on this. And I commend you, Brian, and I commend the staff, and I commend the board, that you've been willing to, to, to hold that, that line. You've, you've been saying, no, we're losing in one case or a couple of cases like the ones I just mentioned. They shut off funding to the tune of ten to $20,000 a year. And that's something that it would be very easy for us to say, okay, well, we don't really believe in all this chapel stuff anyway. Right. And to walk away from a lot of money. You know, to me, it's, it's, um, it, it's kind of, so they, they use the power of the pocketbook to try and change our, our behavior in a sense. And to me, it, it's, it's always kind of like, uh, and I'm borrowing this from uh, the Elephant Room uh, Mark Driscoll conversation, one of the Elephant Room discussions where they said, uh, it's kind of like watching somebody carry somebody out of a burning building and, and there's stand, someone standing across the street watching them carry somebody out of the burning building and decides, 
I don't like you because you're carrying them wrong, you know. Yeah. And you know, you, you you I don't like you because you're not holding them the right way as you're yeah. carrying. As you're saving them yes. from the burning building. And I and I go, man, are you are we here to save people or are we not? Are we help, here to 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 help bring them yeah. off the streets or not? And you're concerned because. Because I make them sit and listen to somebody that's that they might disagree with. Well, you know what? If I send them to a financial class, they might disagree with the idea of saving money. But I'm going to make them listen to that. If I send them to uh, you know to a cooking class, I might tell them that you know what. Uh, a one sauce doesn't go good on a good steak. It doesn't. It's not needed on a good steak. They might not like that. You know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm saying. There's stuff that they that they may not like, and I gotta lose the idea that to say something that somebody else might not like is is tantamount to to doing them harm, mm-hmm. and and that's just not the case. In fact, I think that the most thoughtful, most well-balanced people on the planet are people who can engage one another and listen to, to ideas that are foreign to them and, and consider thoughts that, and that again, all, go contrary to their own. That is a skill. Right. You're not born with the ability to listen. You're not born with the ability to empathize. Yeah. Those are those are skills that are taught. Yeah. And and the Bible is really specific about saying we need to teach those skills to our children. We need to teach those skills to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to teach those to the world. If the, if the church and the mission is to be a light, light is knowledge. It's, right. it's the idea that when someone walks through our doors... They are changing the moment they walk through the door. They're That's changing right. in their environment. They're changing in what they hear, what they see, what they listen to. Is it always successful? No. But from the standpoint, in a sense, we're successful even if they walk out the door. That's right. I had a lady last night when Valerie and I were teaching. My wife Valerie and I were teaching the ladies last night. Um, we went over this chapel thing, as I mentioned to you earlier, Brian. And the, um, the gal said, I never thought about the idea that what you're really doing with these chapels is making us sit together as 20 to 30 women who are looking across the chairs at each other and realizing there's somebody sitting next to me that may need my help. And just that alone is what we're trying to accomplish. Sure, sure we want them to, to hear the good news. But the good news is about what Christ has done and what he's doing in people's lives. And that's where we're at. Amen. So uh, when I look at the, the criticism at times, I just ask that people take the time to, to think it through. Think it through. You know, the, the, the person that's coming through the door at the Gospel Rescue Mission, the most, what should be the most apparent thing above, everybody, above everything else is that this person needs to consider a new way of thinking. Yes. And that's what we do. In the Gospel Rescue Mission, we do this. We do this in in dozens of different ways. One of them is having them consider the thought processes of the very people that are helping them, and the foundations of how do we get to those ideas. Yes. And that's by Bible chapels, um, morning and evening. We believe that God should have the first word of the day. We believe that He should have the last word of the mm-hmm. day. And uh, and so, anyways, I think that it's a great idea, and I, that's why I've always been a big supporter of it. I love teaching chapels. I love the engagement of the of the residents and being able to meet them where they live. Um, and, and so to me, uh, I just, I think it makes the most sense in, in the whole world. And I don't know, can you think of another reason that one we've the, not covered maybe? Well, one, the, uh, one other statement and then I can wrap up, you can wrap me up with this. I won't talk too much, but more, 
that I already have. One gal made the statement last night. She says when in the community, when uh, she was struggling with the idea that she was coming back to the mission again, she had been here before. I knew she was coming back. She said the one thing out in the community that people who really know about the mission is that when I come back to the mission, people know that I'm serious. That's right. Because when I'm serious, I'll come to the mission. When I'm not serious, I'll go someplace else. That's right. That's right. Because so we mean serious, business, baby. That's it. <laughs> so when you're serious about making a change in your life, yeah, come spend, come spend some time with us. And I would say to the critic in the same way, I'd say when you're serious about really understanding what, why we do what we do, come spend some time with us. Come down here and check it out. I've never had a critic... Come to me critical and walk away critical. I've had plenty of them come to me here. You've had them come to you here in the mission. We walk them through. We spend time with them. In the end, they end up becoming big fans. And I would invite anybody out there in Listenerville to come in and check us out. You know, it's a it's a great place. We love to uh, we love to get your support if you're listening. We'd love to have you um, to to become a part of the work that we do. The the door. The invitation to that is wide open. So, hey, thanks, Ken, for spending time with me. And thank Pleasure. you for, you know, you, the listening audience. We pray that, uh, that this would be a blessing to you, help you think through these things. Just in case you didn't know, these podcasts are produced. They're, they're edited, produ- produced, designed by former residents and great co-worker by the name of Eric Mortensen. He does a fantastic job. He does all of our video production, all of our website work. And uh, I would just can't praise him highly enough for the work that he does. Our staff is fantastic here at the Gospel Rescue Mission, and he's just another example of that. And so, again, thank you for listening to the Gospel Rescue Mission podcast. Check us out on grantspassmission.org. Thanks for your support. Check us out on Facebook as well. God bless you. Have a great day.